welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Checking the levels. <laughs> okay. We did a sound check. Yeah. Things are a little off. Yeah. I made some adjustments. We did not re-sound check because that's how confident I am after 376 episodes plus bonus episodes that I can make adjustments correctly. All right. So I, I'm, I, I'm checking. The, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at our, uh, you know, the readout here. The little, uh, the Richter scale, the lie detector thing. Yeah. How's uh, it looking? Looking good. Okay. Stenograph? Is that what it's called? Um, no. No. That's, that's po- a court Polygraph. Report. Polygraph. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if we have any uh, announcements at the top. We've got, we got to talk about our sponsor, of course. Um, yeah. And I, I do want to uh, keep making the, well, I want to mention a couple things. I keep making the, uh, the plea to buy our first 40 episodes. Mm-hmm. 10 bucks for 40 episodes. It's a ton of content. How many is, how much is that uh, episode, Paul? I wasn't very good. Okay. Um, and then also our premium episodes. Uh, there are two of them: one with Bill Dwyer, one with uh, other movie nerds. Uh, and those are a dollar twenty nine a piece. How much is that an episode, Paul? I don't know okay. my numbers or things. <laughs> um, so uh, you can you can buy those if you go to the website and click on store. If you already have those, you can just donate. We're not going to stop you. We'll love right. you for it. Um, and then I also want to mention details not finalized yet. But if you're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con this year, we are. It looks like all things are all but finalized. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm tempting fate a little bit here. All but go for our yearly meetup at the uh, at Dublin Square on 4th Avenue uh, Thursday. Um, for That's the, the 20, oh, I don't know, 5th? What have Something you. like that. Yeah. Um, I realize I should probably say this off my... Dublin 10. Square again, really? <laughs> it's really loud in there. Oh, no, I got that taken care of. Oh, okay. They said they'd turn down the back speaker. Oh, I appreciate that. Is that true? Yes. Hey, all right. <laughs> I, I know what the problems were. Assume, it was loud last year. I assumed you were just placating me just no, now. No, it was loud last year, so I called and I asked, does that speaker have, you know, is that something you can turn down or off? And she was like, yeah, we're renting out the back, the back area. They'll do what we want. All right. Well, now we're talking. Now I'm excited. <laughs> Dublin Square. We'll see you there. I'm going to make yeah. this podcast as if we are at Dublin Square. Go ahead and talk. Oh, that's what it usually sounds like, but this year it's going to be quieter. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't like all the shit talking from you, Tyler, because Dublin yeah. Square is an awesome place. Great beer selection, awesome food. Nice fish and chips. Very, very good uh, chicken strips there. That's not their and thing. Fries. You can get, you know, Irish food. The Irish are known for their strips. <laughs> uh, but you know the best thing about that place? The music. Our guest is going to be asking you, the listener, for money later. Yeah, but we thought we'd get out in front and ask you for money first. Yeah. Um, here's someone who yes. listened. This episode is brought to you by the Double Feature Podcast. I'm sorry. That was a little bit mumbly. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the Double Feature Podcast. This week, talking about anime. This week, they talk about Akira and the Skycrawlers. Those are two different movies, mm-hmm. not a band. Um, <laughs> during their discussion, they talk about the influence of Akira 
on live-action American storytelling and the introduction of commercial Japanese animation to the American youth market. The Skycrawler's vision of corporate-sponsored warfare and quenching the probably not real human need for violence. To listen to this episode, go to doublefeatureshow.com or click on the ad at battleshippretension.com. As always, I, I'm a big fan of uh, what Double Feature does and just how sprawling their conversations are. Once again, Kindred Spirits. Yes, and, this, and also Akira and the Skycrawlers. How are they? Who will be performing at Dublin Square this year? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope they do my favorite song. How are they a sponsor? Do you guys like trade sponsors? Or did they actually no. pay you to yeah, say that? They, they, they give us money. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. Pretty welcome, nice. welcome to the big time. Um, <laughs> I had no idea you guys were such moguls. Now, uh, our guest, as you probably know, is a friend of the show, longtime friend of the show, and also my co-host, or I think I'm his co-host, at Hey, Watch This with Paul and David. It's Paul Goebel. I, I, I think we're... we're co-host together okay like, but i mean as i uh, as i never tire of reminding people i was your second choice to do the show yes that's true you. only because <laughs> you're a dude my first choice was to get someone as opposite from me as possible right and i don't know any black lesbians okay so i i went for a white woman instead that was the of all the people i know the the most opposite of me that I could get was a woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just, I asked her. Just think if Kate, it was Kate Colesick. Yeah, it was Kate Colesick. Just think if she'd said yes. I mean, she like writes for AV Club now. She's like, yeah. she's doing awesome. That's probably why. And you're stuck with no. me. She knew better. She's like, I got good things going on on the horizon. I don't want to get dragged down with your horse shit. <laughs> well, they probably came at the same time. She said, all right, I got two offers on the table. What will I do? One what of them is to with? write for the most respected online media juggernaut in the world the other one do a fucking podcast with this guy who people barely remember from 15 years ago what do they remember what do they remember you from (laughs) uh my miller light commercial (laughs) that's it um all right well we'll save the plugs for the end um right unless you do want to plug your thing now. oh is that why you asked me that yeah they remember me from beat the geeks i'm sorry was it too subtle (laughs) yeah it was the fact that we both asked you dudes i'm totally high right now okay um yeah they remember some people remember me from beat the geeks but even that even those days have come and gone there was a time in my life uh about maybe five years after after beat the geeks came and went that people started recognizing me a lot and i realized after the fifth or sixth time that it was um like people in their early 20s like you guys who mm-hmm. watched the show when you were well they were actually younger watched the show when they were in high school mm-hmm. and then they got out in the world and got jobs and whatever and now i'm meeting them Amongst, you know, if I'm renting something at Blockbuster or buying something at Bed Bath and Beyond, it's some 20 year old in their first job, and they go, oh, I remember you, a TV geek. But now even those days are gone. Those people have moved on and they got kids and they, more important things. They're not out anymore. No. You don't see them on the street because they have so kids. Much. They're inside. No. Exactly. Well, they got more important things to worry about. There was a if time. If Blockbuster was still in business, this would still be happening. I don't think so. Okay. Because there was a time when people, when seeing the TV geek was special to, to somebody. But that then eventually those people that was special to grew up and actual special things happen to them <laughs> to put them in, to put that in perspective. And now so you're saying the nobody. same people are out and recognize you. They just don't. They don't come to you because it's not a big. That big guy deal. looks like the guy from that show on Comedy Central before they were good. 
And someone goes, what? Ben Stein's money? And they're like, I can't remember the name of it. And then and that's they keep if, walking. And that's if you're lucky. I would venture to say that even their thought trails off. They just say, <laughs> that hey, that's guy the guy like from that. the... Uh, oh, smoothies. <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah. Smoothies, what a special day. <laughs> exactly. See, they put things in perspective. Who doesn't love a smoothie? But we're potentially on the dawn of a new generation recognizing Paul Goble as the TV geek. Yes. And why is that? Well, because I have started this Kickstarter for a long time, years now, I have been trying to... Uh, uh, I've been pitching this game show idea that I... I, I, I want to say I think it's brilliant, but the fact is I know it's brilliant. It is a great idea for a game show. And uh, I, I've, I've taken all my knowledge about TV and game shows and what makes a great game show and put it into this. And I have pitched it to a number of people and they either don't get it or they think not enough people will get it. And so... Uh, I met because people guy. love to think that other people are stupid. Oh yeah, well people have flat out. I've heard this from more than one person. Have flat out said the show is too smart. Uh, people watching it won't get it. To which uh, that's uh, I end the discussion right there because they're wrong and I can't convince them that. That's right. just that person patting themselves on the back or stroking their own ego, saying I'm smart. Yeah. I get it, mm-hmm. but not everyone's as smart as I am. Right. So I uh, some guy sent some guy who. We didn't go to high school together, but we went to the same high school. I've never met him before. We just happened to go to the same high school, and he was friends with me on Facebook. And he sent me a note and said, I'm going to a convention of some sort. Um, I could talk to people about your show if you want. And I said, please do. But here, I said, here's the basic idea. I didn't want to give him all the, I didn't want to give all the goods. I said, here's the basic idea. See if anyone's interested. He said, I will do that. I think he was going to Austin, someplace in Austin. And then he wrote back and said, I talked to this dude. Uh, his name's Brock Laborde. He's a producer. He does his shit. He wants to talk to you. So I talked to this guy, Brock, who, like, he's from New Orleans, but he spends half his time here and half his time there. And he's much younger than me, but he's done, like, a full few documentaries, and he wrote a few books. So he's legit, as far as that goes. He's He's got shit going on. And we met at Bob's Big Boy in Burbank, and... uh and I told him, and he said, yeah, I think it's a great show, but it might be too smart. So here's what we'll do. I'll talk to my manager, and let's see what happens. So he did, and his manager said, yes, it's too smart. But if you really want to do this, the way to do it is to make a Kickstarter and make your own pilot. Don't wait for someone to pay you to make a pilot. Ask for money and make your own. And that, and, and I've never done a Kickstarter. I've been involved in them. My friend Jim Bruce did his Kickstarter right. and I was involved with, and Graham Elwood has done a couple that I've helped him. I, I mean, at least I've donated to, so I helped that way. But I've, so I've watched people's Kickstarters come and go and different levels of success. I wanted my first one, if I ever did one, to be a, a success. So I said, well, this might be the thing to do because. If it succeeds, it succeeds in a huge way because not only do I have now a finished product that I can immediately get response. I don't have to pitch the show. I can just show people. I can just email it to them. It's not like the old days when I would have to have a meeting and we'd all watch it together. I can just email them the video or a sizzle reel. And if they like it, good. If they don't, we're moving on. I don't have to have a meeting. I don't have to convince anybody anything. And more importantly... If this does get funded, that means there was enough people in the world, not just in Hollywood, but in the world who actually want to see the show on TV and they donated money. And then the proof is, I mean, it's undeniable proof. I raised, you know, X amount of dollars from complete strangers and a few friends who want to see this show made. And here it is. Let's fucking go with it. So, 
uh, I thought this is a, is a no-brainer. It has to be a done deal. So I put it together, and I, Brock and I worked on the different you know levels for donations. My friend Tom Griffin made the video with me, mm-hmm. and uh, and now it has started uh, as I think is like four or five days ago. So uh, we're off to a good start, but we know how those things go, right? Yeah. So you can go to. Um well, I, uh, you can go to battleshippretension.com mm-hmm. and search for Uber Geek because there's a there's a link there. There's a link there. If you uh, follow me on Twitter, you'll eventually hear about it. Yeah. Yes. Did, did we say it's called Uber Geek? <laughs> Uber Geek is the name of the show. Well, the, the the campaign is called Bring Back Beat the Geeks, and I did that on purpose, obviously, so people would recognize Beat the Geeks and say, "Oh, I'd like to bring back Beat the Geeks." Yeah. Well, obviously, I don't own. Well, I guess it's not obvious, but I'll tell you for if you're one if you're wondering, and I'll I should put this in the FAQs. I do not own the rights to Beat the Geeks. I don't own the rights to that name, and I don't own the rights to the show. However, nobody owns the rights to game shows. Yeah. Right. And so I can, and no, and because there have been so many game shows for so many years, unless you're doing a direct copy of a game show, it's impossible to sue someone, you know, for stealing your fucking, what are you going to sue, sue somebody? Because your game show also had three people behind podiums hitting right. buzzers. So... I've at, at midnight, you're toast. Exactly. <laughs> so I've changed it enough. I mean, I haven't changed. I just it's basically a new, updated, stronger version of Beat the Geeks, and it's called Uber Geek, of course, uh, which is aptly titled because this is unlike Beat the Geeks, where it was regular people versus geeks, and even those geeks, you know, I, while I was the TV geek, I'm not an expert in music or movies, and I never claimed to be. But these geeks basically will be competing against each other. It starts with three teams of two, and it whittles down, and eventually uh, they're not competing against whatever. They are the geeks. They are the experts, and they have to be well-rounded. Uh, they have to be well-rounded experts in all things. And, and we're talking deep, deep geek knowledge, too. Like I say in the, in the video, it's not just the Avengers and Star Trek and D&D. It's Alpha Flight. Yeah. Star Trek New Frontiers and the Legends of Drizzik. How many of those have you guys heard of? I've heard of Alpha Flight okay. featuring uh, well, Sasquatch. I watched, I watched the video, so I've heard of all. Well, there you go. Well, so, so, uh, well, and so one of the deep stuff like that. And one of the uh, rewards, that's not the, are they, they're called rewards or the, the, yeah, or tiers, donation tiers, okay. whatever you want to call them. Uh, one of them, uh, feet, uh, one of the rewards is like uh, the opportunity to like be one of these geeks. Right. When I looked at that, I thought, well, and it's at a kind of a higher tier. Right. It's like, well, even if I could afford that, I think I'd opt out of that because there's no way <laughs> I know movies. Yeah. But there's people that know movies way more than I do. Well, that's the great thing is you can come in with your team with a buddy or you can just get teamed up with someone. Mm-hmm. And and then as the show goes on, you get you get a team, you get a third team member who you've never met before. Oh, interesting. So it's eventually a team of three. And, you know, hopefully these three, you know, these three people will know a lot about stuff. But also, like I said, there's also going to be questions about just geometry and physics and library sciences and shit that smart people should know. And it's and. And, and I think people will find it uh, amazing and find it fascinating that there is such a crazy, you know, n- uh, knowledge base there. And I, I'm telling you, the ending for the show is what will make it a great game show. And I think that's what I've come up against pitching the show. That's the problem is because when I pitch the ending, people don't qu- can't quite visualize it the way I can because mm-hmm. it was my idea, of course. But if I can actually show them the ending and they're going to be on the edge of their seat. I tell you this, I was at a game show convention one year 
where they were honoring Monty Hall. (laughs) Sounds like a joke, but it wasn't. I was there with Keith Van Stratton and the other two geeks uh, because uh, the game show, it was called the Game Show Congress. They were at the Hilton in Burbank. They invited us to come down. And I uh, I think it was our friend Jim Newman. You guys know Jim Newman? No. He's uh, an old friend of mine. He's like my Yoda. He like knows, he knows way more about TV than I do, but He's just kind of weird. Okay. Like, he, like he hasn't had a job in years. Uh-huh. I think his 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 mom died and left him an inheritance, and he's been <laughs> sounds living. like more of a Kramer than a Newman. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> his I name is Newman. James Jim Newman. Yeah, but, <laughs> but he's actually not like either of those guys because they're dumb. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, you're Jim Newman thing. sends us all because he he and Keith are good buddies. They've known each other for a million years. So uh, he sends us all an email that says, "Hey, you guys should come down to the game show Congress. You will be treated like rock stars." Too bad there are no girls here. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's funny. And of course, you know, I lived in, I think I lived in Burbank at the time. So I was like, yeah, it's just up the street. I'll go. So we go there and there's, and it was a big deal. Wink Martindale was there. Uh, Tom Kennedy, like uh, all these game show people. Uh, who's that tall douche? Todd Newton was there. <laughs> like a lot of big time game show people were there. And so they were honoring Monty Hall and a few other people. And like, Betty White sent in this video and um, Michael Davies sent in a video. <clears throat> and for those of you who don't know, Michael Davies created Millionaire mm. and became a millionaire uh, because of it. But he also created Win Ben Stein's Money mm-hmm. and a lot of other great game shows leading up to Millionaire. And he's created some since. But Millionaire was his big deal became he, when he became the guy for game shows. But in this, in this video, he says... He's lauding Monty Hall and talking about how great Monty Hall. And he says, Monty Hall once told me that people watching game shows love to see the contestant win it all or lose it all. Mm -hmm. And he says, and it is on that advice that I have literally built my entire career. And he said that. And I thought to myself, that's exactly what millionaire is. Mm -hmm. Because when you win the big money, you jump from what? Half a million to a million dollars. Yeah. That's winning it all. Yeah. And then if you don't, you've lost half a million dollars. That would be losing it all, I yeah, think. Yeah. And I said, that's exactly what Millionaire is. So that's what I've done with Uber Geek, bringing it back to me. Um, this last this last round is so powerful and, and uh, just so everyone will be on the edge of their seat when they see it. Uh, it has just like different levels and it's amazing. And I don't think if, whether you're dumb or smart, you could sit through this whole game show and not answer one question correctly, but you will be on the edge of your seat at the end. Unlike Jeopardy, where, you know, it's pretty boring all the way through. It's all pretty much the same level. What, <laughs> okay. what makes Jeopardy great is... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to jump in. Go okay, what makes Jeopardy great is the questions. But that nobody gets excited and goes crazy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this show is different. So so to get back, bring it back around, the point is I, we're going to make a, a, a pilot. We're going to shoot it, and we're going to make the pilot, and then people can see how amazing it is. You know, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you know, there's a small chance that when we get all this said and done, I go, ah, oh, this isn't as great as I thought. Oh, well, never mind. Uh, <laughs> or, if, or if we don't raise the money, I'll be like, oh, I guess no one wants to see the return right. to Beat the Geek. So, okay, later. Never well, mind. I don't want to forget. Tell people what the um, incentives are, the rewards, the tiers, yeah. the prizes. Well, of course, there's all the lower tier incentives that most all kickstarters do a shout out right. on a podcast everyone will get that um yeah and i have to you know make it count 
because I have to. <laughs> David has to sit through. I have that to sit through Paul thanking people on the podcast. Just in the first week, we've had there were like ten, and you know they're getting more and more, which is great. Um, so what I'm saying is, donate more than just the thing because <laughs> make it worth it for me. So he doesn't have to sit through all that. Um, but then you, there's also pictures, and of course everybody will get a, a digital copy of it. That's all all good. But we need contestants when we actually shoot this we're going to need at least like i said there's you know three teams of three we're going to need at least nine contestants to do this plus all you know we need bonus contestants and we need people to come see it so when you donate you know you, know, you can have different statuses to be in the audience or to actually compete on the game show or to be in the audience and get a chance to be on the game show or you can get vip status or you know of course there's the zillion dollar status where you become a executive producer and all that shit i mean i will say this if you're in la because we're not going to fly to we're not going to pay to fly you out here that's not going to happen but if you are in la donate at the higher fancy level because this will be a blast because we will be using someone else's money to make a television show right which is always fun and i highly recommend you get involved with that um, because we're going to need a lot of people in the audience yeah. and like a contestant pool to pick from, because even if the, if, if we get funded, you know, I don't want to have to hire people. I don't have to pay people to come down and be involved. Yeah. You know, obviously it's going to be a pilot presentation anyway, so no money will be won and it'll, we'll right. fix it to make it look interesting. You know, I, I was in the pilot for debt. I remember, you remember that show debt hmm. it was Wink Martindale's last game show. And he was on Lifetime. But I was in a pilot for that, and they made it clear. You know, you guys play along however you want to play. But then watch me for Signals, Andrew Golder, who uh, created Ben Stein's Money, also created Debt. And he was like, uh, and Michael Davies, oddly enough. But he was like, watch me. And if you're going, if you're running away with it, I'm going to tell you to slow down. So we'll make it look good. And, you know, it won't be a real game show in the pilot. Of course, if it gets, if it happens, it'll be a legit game show. But we need uh, as many people as possible. So please donate to the, on the fancier levels. Can I ask come you? Down and do it with I asked you this on our podcast. This is a different show. So I get to make my dumb joke again. If you donate the $5,000 to become an executive producer mm-hmm. or uh, credit, what kind of back end points are we looking at? <laughs> You will get a a huge percentage, a huge percentage of the money we make on this pilot, on pilot. but only the pilot. You, I, I, I'm guarantee you, your percentage will be large, more than fifty percent, but it will only be of the money we make on the pilot itself. Okay, okay. Um, that's fantastic. We'll talk about that again at the end. But again, you can find that Kickstarter Uber Geek. Uber Geek. You can search Uber Geek on BattleshipRetention.com. If you follow me on Twitter, at Paul Goble Show, I, I, of course, am tweeting about it. Please be my friend on Facebook. Uh, I will accept your friendship happily, and I tweet about it. And I send out tweets to celebrities and ask them to retweet it every day. Who retweeted it today? Did Seth Green retweet it? I don't think he did. That prick. Fred Stoller did. Um, oh, I asked LeVar Burton to fucking retweet it. Uh-huh. And I'm going to tell you something right now, LeVar. <laughs> he might be a little busy right now, though. The guy got 200% of his asking money. In 12 hours. In 12 hours. I was like, hey, I'm going to donate to his. And then hopefully he'll donate to me. I'm like, he doesn't need my money. The guy's got um, reading rainbow is going to happen. So I was like, hey, how about you throw some of that leftover cash into my <laughs> Kickstarter? You clearly don't need all that money. But he raised, what, a million dollars? He wanted a million dollars. Ended up raising two. What the fuck? That's crazy. Of course, the week I do my Kickstarter is when LeVar Burton does his. It couldn't be some douchebag. It couldn't be Mel Gibson or Charlie Sheen doing their Kickstarter <laughs> so I could make fun of them. It's got to be fucking LeVar Burton 
king of the fucking nerds, hero of children, <laughs> who goes ahead and starts his Kickstarter. Like, I'm going to ask people to not donate to him and instead give it to me. <laughs> so did he retweet you? No. Uh, okay, I, he I might be a little busy. But how hard is it to Seth, click something? Seth Green, on the other hand, what's he doing? <laughs> He's making robot on. chicken episodes. He, you can crank one of those out in forty minutes, I'm sure. I've got. He's re- got plenty of time. I've got. I have gotten retweet. retweeted by some big shots. Let me see if I can find some. But I, I just fucking like Henry Winkler and people like that. I just retweet to whoever sure. and see if they want to. But the good thing is, well, look, I'm calling Seth Green out. All right, and I'm not gonna. And I'm how not gonna do- let rest until he mans up and retweets your. Uh, it's really, really focusing in on one one guy. A oh. lot of people haven't retweeted this Seth Green guy, though. You're, you're not <laughs> son down. of a bitch. Yeah. Why you, you just have a problem with Seth Green in general, or <laughs> no? I just picked a guy. <laughs> well, I retweet. I, I tweeted to Clay Aiken, um, and I on the tweet. Uh, the tweet is always basically, "Hey, whoever." You know, yeah. can I get a retweet? And then I isn't put, he running put for Congress arrow. or something? But yes, that's the thing. He's running for Congress now, so he's a little busy. Yeah. Talk about guys who are busy. But when I sent the tweet, I also included a picture of him and my kids that was taken years oh. ago uh, when I was in this uh, interstitial thing for the Disney Channel. Uh, it was for Aladdin coming out on DVD for the first time, hmm. and there was a big thing there because he sang a song for the movie. Well, there was a song in the movie that got cut out. And he sang it, and they put it on the DVD. It's hmm. called, uh, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. But he was there that night, and he sang it for us there at the El Capitan. And my kids were real little at the time, so they loved it. And it was a fun night. But I got a, after the after party, I got a picture of him and them. Mm-hmm. And so I said, hey, can you get a retweet? And I included that picture in the tweet. And the great thing is, even though he's too busy... Fans of his see that in his feed and go, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Like I retweeted to him, and I and so far, like this guy, the real Kaylee Murray, Nina Seven Twenty One, music to my ears, the like, real Kaylee Murray, yeah, the real one, <laughs> D.S. Greer. Not and and they comment, oh wow, are those your kids? So cute. Clay's busy running for Congress, <laughs> and then like a emoji, with someone sticking their tongue out. So even if they don't retweet, you know their fans favorite it and retweet it. Mm. Two two of people who follow him do, uh, and then I did one, Fred Stoller was nice enough to retweet it. He's a friend of mine. Um, let's see, who else? Uh, of course, the other geeks. People want to know if the other geeks will be involved. There is room. There is. We have. I have talked to Mark Hoyk and, and people about being involved. So, I mean, it's way too early to announce that. But Michael Weatherly from NCIS, I asked him to retweet it, which he did not, but one of <laughs> someone who followed him does. Oh, Wendy McClendon-Covey. Oh, yeah. Uh, she retweeted for me. She's very nice. Okay. Carolyn Hennessy, John Ross Bowie from The Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. He retweeted. My good friend Mark Thompson, who is the announcer for uh, you know American Idol and The Dancing Weatherman here in L.A., he retweeted. Rachel Bloom, who uh, yeah. who is, works with Seth Green. She, oh, she writes for Robot Chicken and oh, does voices on it. Sounds like we got an in. <laughs> maybe she will. But a lot of people, of course, people I know like Jackie Cation and Pierre the Pelican. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the, you know, guys don't know who Pierre the Pelican is? No. no. He's a, a, a mascot for some, ba- I think for the Jazz, the Utah Jazz or someone. I'm not sure exactly, but he's really horrible looking. And so he's <laughs> he's a, a favorite, uh, he's a favorite point of mockery on At Midnight. They talk about him all the time. So now Pierre the Pelican has become an online figure and he's he's horrible, but people love him well, let's, because he looks so horrible. Let's talk about movies. What do you say? Oh, for a change, why Let's not? Let's get into it, shall we? I'm no expert. Uh, I'll say that. Now, um, 
Before we get into it, I actually want to mention real quick uh, tweakedaudio.com, which is where you go for uh, professional quality earbuds in a variety of really stylish styles and really sharp, brilliant, I'd say, colors. Uh, that's at tweakedaudio.com. And if you go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension, you get that for one third off and you don't have to pay any shipping charges. So that's at tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. So uh, the thing that I want to talk about here is Ant-Man. Okay. Mar- Marvel's Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't know if you've all heard the news, but uh, I did. yeah, Edgar Wright was uh, either left or was let go from the directing uh, job over there at Ant-Man. Yeah. And um, also Drew Goddard was involved with something. I don't really follow these Marvel things. Yeah. Um, he was, I don't remember what he was involved but in. But he's but, also yeah. not... Uh, and so there's been a lot of uproar uh, that I, I feel like people are uh, maybe giving Marvel a little bit too more too much credit up to now by saying like, oh, it looks like Marvel has turned into you know, like they're not you know the, the you know they're not what we thought we were. They're not looking for quality. It's like, but Marvel they've been these guys Kevin Feige and them they've been douches for a long time now. since way back they yeah just got I, like, lucky with joss whedon is what you're saying yeah but i mean patty jenkins got fired from thor 2 before that they replaced uh edward norton against his will they replaced mm, terrence right. howard against his will and they always they, they always say you notice the the one theme with all those is they always say he was hard to work with yeah and granted, right. well, it, when it comes to Terrence Howard, uh, that's racist. He is well, and, and he he beats up women. Not to be, not to is bring everybody true? down, but yes, he has beat up his wife multiple times. So he's a bit uh, of a alleged. dude. But Ed alleged. Norton, I mean, I've heard rumors about Ed Norton and how he is good, hard to work with. But that's because he wants his projects to be good, yeah. and they always are. Yeah, the fucking Hulk movie he made, amazing. I think it's one of the best superhero movies of all time. And quite, I frankly, disagree, but he's very good in it. He's great in it, and other Tyler it, likes the bad Hulk movie. Oh my god! <laughs> what? And you like the bad Godzilla too? Uh, the Matthew Broderick Godzilla? No. Here's the difference. And you like is, Independence Day? Is that uh, one of your favorite movies? No, because <laughs> as it turns out, there is a difference between uh, Roland Emmerich and two-time Oscar winner Ang Lee. And your favorite, your absolute, uh, your favorite Tim Burton movie, Invaders from Mars, right? Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. No, his favorite yeah, yeah. is actually Invaders. <laughs> but that's your favorite Mars. Toby Hooper movie, Invaders from Mars. <laughs> Look, not everything can be Hangover Three. So, <laughs> which I like. Yeah. Yeah. True. You know why? Right. You know Ang Lee is not his real name, right? His real name is unpronounceable, and he came to America, and no one could pronounce it, so he kept getting mad. And they said, "What's your problem?" He said, "I am Ang Lee." <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, I know. Nice to meet you." True story. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, do I do? Uh, that's you guys want to see something funny? Be uh, at my house with I, my I family when I do that. They love it. <laughs> I couldn't get out of the way of that one. No, no. I knew it was Full coming. Force. Yeah, there's nothing. You you're, were right. You line drive. By, it's stand by me. You're walking on a bridge, <laughs> and here comes the train. What choice do you have? Yeah, because you were yeah. burned. You had to jump off the side. You couldn't even make it to the other end. And what's more, when you know Paul Goebel, you can see it coming a ways off. Oh, yeah. The minute you said that's not his real name, my thought was, ah, shit. Yeah. This is going to be rough. The funny thing is when I tell my kids, like, 
when I tell them things for real, I have to say, this isn't a joke, so pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> because half the time I'm full of shit. I'm making shit up, but I have to say, this isn't a joke. I'm, you have to pay attention to what I'm saying now. This is real information. I will say this about... Ant-Man? Uh, about, back to Ant-Man? Yes. Okay. The amazing Ant-Man. Um, the, uh, I understand why people are, are upset, or rather why they're discouraged, because as you and I have been talking about for years... Uh, Edgar Wright is a very distinct filmmaker and you always know mm-hmm. when you're watching one of his films and they're, f- I mean, I didn't love the world's end, but it still fits with what he does and it's still fun and it's full of life. And mm-hmm. it would have really, you know, it, for the same reason that I'm excited that James Gunn is doing guardians of the galaxy, like people who have a very unique energy, mm-hmm. you know, it got people excited about it. And then with him gone, uh, it's it's a bummer because like okay they're probably going to bring in a a perfectly competent director maybe even a good director but not a director as unique and distinct someone as like Edgar Jay Wright. Johnston who I thought he did an excellent job with Captain America Joe Johnston oh Joe Johnston yeah. right Jay great, Johnston was on Mr Show Mr Show yeah <laughs> he did a great job with Captain America although didn't he also direct Jurassic Park three yes right, he yeah. did awful. But he did The Rocketeer, which I'm a big fan of. Right, which is not a good movie, but I understand why you're a fan of it. But I thought Captain America was brilliant. <laughs> but like, but you're right. What do those three movies have in common? Directed they by were the all directed guy. by Joe Johnson. <laughs> but you can't look at them and go, that's is that, that, can, I be a, can I be a contestant on Uber Geek now? <laughs> sure. Every game show needs one a-hole. Um, my point is, th- those movies don't look like they're directed by the same guy. Because yeah. they don't have, like you said, they don't have any signature look or anything no special about them as opposed to the world's end and the Cornetto trilogy and all that shit. Well, and, and David, what you were saying is people saying, Oh, I guess Marvel doesn't want quality. It's like, well, they want quality to a point. What is more important to them is consistency. The, these, all of these characters exist in the same cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. And so they want it to seem conceivable that ant, uh, the Ant-Man could live in the (laughs) same world as Captain America and stuff. So if you have somebody, if you have a film Again, I would have been excited about it, but if you have a film that just tonally is so different and has a manic energy to it, it might seem like it doesn't belong. It might seem like an outlier compared to all these other films. And I could actually see that being the creative difference where he wanted to do his own thing and they said, can you tone it down? So you're siding with the man here? (laughs) I'm not siding with it. I'm just saying I understand what they're trying to do. Well, also in this, in in terms of this whole, we talked about this on our show on Hey, Watch This, this whole Marvel, ABC, Mm -hmm. Disney universe that they've built, it's more important than ever before. If he makes a movie that doesn't really fit in with what's gone on with S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avengers and all the movies other than if it exists outside that universe like some movies do like mm. you could look at the the Ed Norton Hulk movie and say that that has nothing to do with all the other movies because it kind of doesn't it could exist you know there's Doc Samson is in it and you know and there's no characters from other movies really yeah. and no actors from other movies aside from the William Hurt thing I guess at the end Robert Downey Jr. comes to see William Hurt yeah so it kind of exists on the end but to do a film like that Edgar Wright would do that might be so out of the norm and might not fit in they're like you say we want to maybe you know this is a fucking giant juggernaut of a business here we need to be able to talk about this on shield and mention it in the next avengers movie and we still need to sell comic books too there's another thing. I, this is going to be a huge boost in the Ant-Man I, line. I mean, we're <laughs> we're speculating as to what the differences were, but I I disagree that that should be 
so strong a concern because uh i mean to follow your guys's logic uh to its conclusion you're saying you'd rather there be a shitty movie that feels like it's part of the world than a good movie that doesn't i didn't say i'd rather <laughs> i'd much rather be much rather a, a unique edgar wright film be brought to a pre-existing property i think that'd be fascinating especially one mm-hmm. as strange as ant-man yeah mm-hmm. i think that would be oh i'm pardon me, pardon me. <laughs> um like it's that would be that's what i would prefer but I'm saying I see it from their point of view yeah. because when it comes right down to it, it is, as you said, it is a juggernaut, although he's an X-Men, <laughs> but it is, it is this giant thing and it ne- and they all need to make money. If and, Ant-Man, yeah. because, you know, if Joe, if not Joe, if, uh, if Edgar Wright said, well, I want to make it in this style, the studio could, and I'm not saying they're right to do so, but they could come back and say, oh, you mean the same style that lost you a bunch of money on all the movies that you've made previously? <laughs> no, thank like, you. Yeah. We, and I don't, think very, they, I don't think, I think Scott Pilgrim was in the movie he's ever made that lost money. Yeah, but his movies never do as well as you and I think and hope they're going right, to but do. I'm, I'm saying the Cornetto trilogy probably wasn't as, nearly as expensive as Scott probably, Pilgrim. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim's true. production and, and advertising. Yeah. That's why P&A, it, they call that. That's why it was, it was set in Toronto, so they could shoot it there and get real right. get real cheap. But it's also, all about, It's all about tax breaks. Wasn't yeah. the comic set in Toronto? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. But also, um, getting back to the, this, this uh, Edgar Wright, this thing, Marvel is, I mean, of all the people who are going to be protective of their properties... I think Marvel has a right to be overprotective considering it's Ant-Man. It's not like they're making the Dazzler movie. I mean, it's one of their it's one of the oldest, most well-loved. I mean, the history of Hank Pym in the in oh, the, yeah. in the comics is uh probably one of the most interesting of any like maybe he rivals Iron Man even, you know, uh he was married to Wasp and then she cheated on him or whatever it happened they got divorced, he sunk into a depression. He's been like seven different heroes. Yeah. You know, even huh. at one point he was Hank Pym, scientist. Yeah. That was the character he was. I remember if you look at old pictures of Hank Pym, there's one where he there's like an entire series in the Avengers where he just hung out at the compound and did experiments and because he was in such a deep depression. And I think he tried to kill himself at some point in the comics even. That's a very rich, detailed history of a very old character. And I think Marvel has a right to say, can you not fuck this up, please? Can you not put so many things in it that it doesn't make sense? What if you, David Bax, yeah. created a comic book or a superhero character or just someone, a, a, car, a, co- a comic strip? What if you created a comic strip and someone said, we want to make a movie out of it, but we're going to make all these changes? But here's the thing. You just described seven different Hank Pyms. Why can't there be an eighth? If it's still true to that, with that kind of history. Because what, what if the eighth one is a Martian? That makes no well, fucking no, we're sense. We're not talking about Michael Bay's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles here. <laughs> <laughs> That's my point. You are like none of those things. Going back to what you said, we don't know what happened in that conversation. I'm sorry. And they, he could have said, hey, uh, I want Hank Pym to be an alcoholic. And they're like, oh, that's good. And then he recovers and he goes, no, the entire movie, he's a hopeless alcoholic. He just gets lucky at the end and we feel bad for him. I think Marvel has a right to go, I don't know about that. He needs to, he needs to recover at the end. And Edgar Wright goes, no, no, no. Which, you know, I agree. That would be a great movie. Like uh-huh. fucking Leaving Las Vegas, only the superhero version. <laughs> that would be awesome. And occasionally... <laughs> He's the size of an ant. Um, but uh, 
the, I just I, I maybe I'm just behind the times here with uh, not being on board with what Marvel has set in motion and what um, uh, you know Warner Brothers is trying to do with DC now. Uh, I can never like get behind the idea that it's going to be more important to keep the universe whole than to make one good movie. I think uh, what, I, I can't. I can't back that. I think what bothers me about this is that it's becoming clear that if it is, a, you know, not like X-Men, not like Spider-Man, those are owned by other studios. But mm-hmm. if it's a function of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that a one-off is never going to happen. Like right. a like, all right, here's the Ant-Man movie. It doesn't it's never going to factor into these other things, even right. though Hank Pym does. Uh it's never going to factor into the Avengers. It's just its own thing, and we're proud of it. It's not going to be that everything is going to be pulled into this sure. larger thing, which I admire. I like their commitment to it. I think it's neat what they're doing. It's fun to see how each each piece comes in. I like that. But when it comes to the point, and again, we're all speculating on why on what happened. Mm. Um, but uh, but if it comes to them saying. So I like what I like what Marvel is doing, but if it comes at the expense of a movie that could be more fun and more unique, and I mean the idea of I, I Ant Man like done by Edgar Wright, starring Paul Rudd, yeah, uh, as a as a noted something <laughs> good guy asshole, mm-hmm. I'm I was excited about that, and I here's why I'm not I can't to me, and it doesn't even have necessarily to do with Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. I uh, foolishly, maybe I still think of a movie as a piece of art. Mm-hmm. And so if Edgar Wright developed it, if he's the guy behind the art to bring someone else in and take over, it's now a commodity. It's not an art, which I know to Marvel, it always was a commodity, mm-hmm. but to treat it. So, and it's the same thing with that happened with Thor two, uh, even though I never saw Thor two. Um, maybe this is part of the reason why, uh, think of it from the actor's point of view. Paul Rudd signed on to do an Edgar Wright movie. Oh yeah. Uh, it's just like Natalie Portman oh, said right. she didn't want to do Thor 2 after they fired Patty Jenkins, but she was contractually obligated to stick with the movie. Yeah. H- is it going to hurt the movie that Paul Rudd is now, uh, you know, not a, he's, he's less of a collaborative force than he was when he signed on to do an Edgar Wright yeah. movie. Cause now he's being treated like a cog sure. and the movie is being treated like a commodity. Yeah. I think in that case, uh, I mean, you have a good point. I think if it was anyone else. That might be an issue, but we all know Paul Rudd's great. I think he's going to do his best no matter what happens. You know, we've seen him in dumb, bad movies, but he was still great. No, mm-hmm. I'm sure that he is, I, but I guess I just, I'm talking about a more of an intangible, like, he's no, his I part in if it. If it was anyone else, like, if say if it was Channing Tatum, who we've all seen in stuff he was great in, and he's seen him in stuff he sucked in. We all have our own personal opinions about what Channing Tatum. What does he suck Tatum. in? I'm sure he has. I just haven't don't think I've seen enough. Um, I, I never saw, saw the vow. The vow, probably. I never yeah. saw that. I would have, yeah, because we didn't see it. But She's we, the man. Is he in that? <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. Okay. He's, yeah, and, and, and granted, he there's time. Not that it was he was a bad guy for sucking in movies, but I'm saying we love Paul Rudd, so we can, uh, we can be rest assured he's going to do something great. The other thing to consider is here, Marvel has been very lucky thus far that all these movies have been pretty big successes some of which like i think thor one is a bad movie I, I i don't think it's good at all i think thor two is better but it's not even great whereas you know i love the avengers i thought captain america was the shit um you know like, there's so there's so many of them that are really really good i i liked iron man one of course but 
so far, every one of these has been a huge hit. So Edgar Wright or whoever wasn't able to go, maybe this is what you guys need. Maybe now is the time for a different voice and a different mood because they go, no, we've made a gazillion dollars. (laughs) We need to make one more gazillion with this movie. And this is the way we do it. Yeah. And I'm not going to fault them for saying that. Here's what else. Look at. Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Now, in the comics, Tony Stark is a diagnosed alcoholic. Yeah. <clears throat> and at one point in the, in, the, in the comic book, for a long stretch, he starts drinking again and loses everything. Loses his company. He's no longer Iron Man. Rhodey is Iron Man. A couple other people are Iron Man. He's just a hopeless bum living on the streets. And it's because he's so fucking flawed and he has to basically build himself up because for a long time he thought he was the shit, but then realized he was helpless against alcohol. That's a great story, mm-hmm. regardless of the superhero. But do you see even the slightest hint of that in any of those movies, the Avengers or the Iron Man movies, aside from him holding a cocktail every almost every scene? The one thing that I liked about Iron Man 2 is how genuinely and obviously no they're not going to devote an entire where he loses everything they're never going to do that of course not but but even the fact that he's an alcoholic throw that in there he's a flawed character mm -hmm. the the, the great scene in the avengers when when captain america says take away your suit and what are you and you think oh burn and he goes philanthropist millionaire inventor and you go oh tony stark's actually the greatest person in the world (laughs) and it's immediately like oh he's flawless he is a great guy so i guess the fact that he's a little flippant every once in a while is his biggest flaw but you go back to that that party scene in iron man 2 where he's he's in the iron man suit he's blowing things up including glass and it's going (laughs) everywhere like and he gets in a fight with his friend. And in that moment, we sympathize more with his friend than with him. Sure. Uh, I was I liked that they did that. But obviously, yeah, they're never going to go as far as as the comics ever went. I'm. Well, we, I don't want to be OK with that. I don't yeah. want. Oh, no, I'm fighting I'm not against this. I, I think I'm fighting against the entire MCU, as it's known. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? The Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's quite the fight. To Just take in general. On, I, 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 I my my mind is rejecting the idea of it so are and you a super villain is that what you're saying maybe that's what i am you're the newest villain to fight the mcu yeah well let me okay the backs number one i do <laughs> i do think guardians of the galaxy is marvel first off the very fact that they want to tell that story shows that they're committed to doing something a little bit different yes and that they got james gunn to do it are they or, oh, they they might totally cut the balls off it. But, but uh, I hope th- they does don't. Does it show but, a commitment to them doing something different, or are they seeing, uh, oh, new characters equals new revenue streams? It could be that, but it could be new characters equals I don't know who that is. I'm not going to pay to see that. Absolutely, but I think they're over that because that happened with Iron Man. I know you guys like read comics and you knew who Iron Man was. Most people, including me, frankly, didn't really know anything about I- Iron Man before 2008. So I think really? they've they've jumped that, they've cleared that hurdle. I think mentally, but they're okay with characters like Ant Man. That no, you know, people don't I, know who Ant Man is. Like people who I know who, people. Like I'm not even a huge comic book guy. I knew who Ant Man was, and I and I knew Hank Pym, and I uh-huh. knew that, uh, and I knew who Iron Man was, and I knew some of his story. Even I don't know who Guardians of the Galaxy is. Right. I'm excited about it because of James Gunn. I'm excited about it more from a film point of view than a comic book point of view. But like, where here's where it could have been, where they really could have taken a risk is if they had made 
Doctor Strange, people know who that is mm-hmm. to a certain point. Doctor Strange directed yeah, directed by James Gunn, where now they take a bankable a no a probably bankable character and they take a risk with a with a uh, a maybe not bankable director. That's where the real risk comes in and that's what Ant-Man was ex- why Ant-Man was exciting. Yep. Um, I agree and with the that. fact that now that he's gone means it's probably going to be it could still be good. Who knows who they're going to get to to fill in, but it's not going to be it I guarantee it's not going to be as good. So um, I mean, what if they got what if they got a really like someone who has you would never think was going to direct a movie like this? Who would that be? Like in your guys' expert opinion, Jim Jarmusch. Okay. Oh yeah, Jim Jarmusch. <laughs> Perfect example. Didn't he just do that vampire movie? Yeah, yeah. That my girlfriend made me fucking sit through. Oh, it was great. I yeah, it. it wasn't great. It I was okay. I loved. I it. didn't. I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. She said she loved it because it reminded her when she was fourteen. <laughs> she thought it was the best movie ever because she she got to remember when she was fourteen and loved that shit. That sounds right. And I was like, okay, so this one's yours. That was. <laughs> we had seen like five movies between that and Greta Ha. So I was like, okay, every fifth movie is Francis, Francis Ha starring whatever. Greta Gerwig. <laughs> also, a movie I like. Every fifth movie we see a piece of. Oh, shit, I didn't know you so saw I'm it. Okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. But really okay, good. so Jim Jarmusch directs it that's crazy that that would that be a step up for you would you but still they're not going to they're not going to replace an auteur with another auteur they're going to do what they did hypothetically with, with thor 2 they're going to bring it who was it alan coulter yeah they're going to bring in a talent i know no, nothing no, against alan coulter no no it wasn't alan coulter it was um a different a different uh TV director who okay. did a lot of Game of Thrones. The name um, I don't, it escapes me. Okay, well, but they're going to bring in a talented But journeyman. you haven't answered my question. Would you go see it? Would you consider that a step up from Edgar Wright? Would you be like, oh, I'm back in. I'm very impressed by this. Would you go, would you be intrigued or interested? Oh, I'd be intrigued if Jim Jarmusch directed. Yes. If they fire Edgar Wright for Jim Jarmusch, okay. I think you can color me intrigued. Okay. Um, now, what if they were to take a lesser director, like, say, Cancer? What if they got cancer to direct the movie? Nobody okay. likes cancer, right? <laughs> cancer is not very popular, not even as a disease, but less so as a director. Would you still go cancer see hasn't it? Made, like, I, I would applaud them for taking a risk on a first timer. <laughs> would you go see it, though, if it was directed by cancer? I wait for the reviews. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think when it turns out to be shitty, people are going to say, what do you expect? It's directed by cancer. It's an awful movie, of course. Someone made a huge mistake here. <laughs> Alan Taylor. Alan Taylor. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, so different from Alan Coulter. Yeah. Well, and this brings up a, a, a question that I feel like um, comes up from time to time, both on here and probably on Hey, Watch This, and I'm sure previously on, which is, and, and David. It's a show that hasn't existed for years now. I know, but, but <laughs> which, which speaks to how long this conversation has been going. And David, I'm sorry to. I'm sorry About 50, to, 50 minutes. <laughs> Um, so, and David, I'm, I'm, I'm turning to you. I don't mean to like hold your feet to the fire or anything, but I remember something about TV that not necessarily bothered you, but it wasn't a huge, it wasn't, uh, inherently positive for you. And certainly less so with film is the idea of serial, of serialization, Mm -hmm. something being part of a larger thing with with uh tv your your big thing was and you i'm sure you can explain it better than i do than than i can and but i'm going to continue um <laughs> the idea that even within something like the sopranos which is a serialized television show uh you should be able to drop in on one episode yes. and, at, and at least see the sure. quality of that episode which and, i agree and with. at least emotionally there is a story that begins and ends within within every episode mm-hmm. 
uh, and I think that's what, you know, Sopranos gets this rap of being, like, super serialized. Mm-hmm. Because it is in the sense that something that happens in one scene in the third episode of season one can have repercussions two, two years down the line. Mm-hmm. And that's really powerful. But the thing about The Sopranos is that it's still classical te- television storytelling and that there are things that begin and resolve either plot things or emotional arcs that begin and resolve within each episode. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, if you look at uh, one of my favorite uh, Sopranos episodes is uh, Sopranos Home Movies, which is uh, season 6B, I think, premiere, where uh, Tony and Carmela and Bobby and, and uh, what's Janice? This? Janice are in the cabin. Do you remember mm-hmm. the episode? Oh, yeah. Playing Monopoly. Yeah, they're playing Monopoly, and they, and they get into a little fight and then they go across the border into canada to meet with some shady people over there and they agree like okay we'll do some work for you if and they're like if you they want the mob to kill somebody in toronto for them and anyway that the way that plays out it's such a tiny part of what's going on but it's such a huge part of what's going on in terms of theme and it begins and ends within each episode i guess that's if i want if I want to treat the MCU like I do a good TV show, then I want it to be – I want each episode, if you will, or each installment to be able to stand alone. I don't want it to be something like – as much as I as much as much I like uh, enjoy um, watching Game of Thrones, it hits a lot of pleasure centers for me like it does for a lot of people. You know, there's there are things about Game of Thrones that I think are addictive and that i fully enjoy watching but it'll always be a lesser tv show for me because every hour of game of thrones feels like it's just an hour chunk that was lifted out of the story and that's Mm -hmm. what we get to see this week you know and they try to time it so it ends with something shocking but it's still it's still it's not television storytelling in the way that i like it you know and i think the wire sometimes had the same problem uh and so if i see the mcu becoming like game of thrones I can maybe still enjoy it, yeah. but it will mean less to me. It'll be a lesser work of art to me. And admittedly, and that's the thing is, I I, I wasn't uh, I didn't want to uh, imply that I'm disagreeing with you because it's certainly from the point of view of a movie where you know when a TV show is on, you have to wait week to week. When it's a cinematic universe, you have to wait six months until the next one, and that next one isn't even going to be a, a, a direct sequel or follow up to mm-hmm. the one you just saw. So each one does have to have its unique story and i would argue its unique flavor because that is something i mean wolverine the tone of wolverine in the comics like his own comic was different even than the tone of x-men which was certainly different than the tone of the avengers which was way different than the tone of fantastic four each one could be its own thing and while i understand that comics are comics are different it's a different medium than than film and what, and I do think that Mar- these characters need to conceivably exist in one another's universe. Um, I do feel like it is a, a net negative mm-hmm. when they are afraid to take risks. Again, from a, mon- from a monetary standpoint, it makes perfect sense to do. I understand why they are. Uh, and again, we still don't know who's going to replace Edgar Wright. It could be a perfectly competent, maybe even a good director. But... Uh, but I think not taking risks from an artistic standpoint, which thankfully that's, I I can talk only about that. I don't have to think about box office. Um, uh, it's, it's a negative. What, what happened? It is unfortunate. Cause I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I was, when I heard that Edgar, Edgar Wright was making of all things, an Ant-Man movie, I was 
super i didn't give a shit about ant-man but i did now <laughs> yeah i was excited about it yeah it was an exciting thing there's no doubt about that but uh you can't you can't rage i, I mean you're gonna rage against the machine don't pick one of the biggest machines uh, around <laughs> don't pick the biggest most strongest most popular machine pick a smaller machine uh, i disagree and how about how, well there are other things to worry about how about my, the fact that my name is david how can i not take on goliath <laughs> Whoa. Okay. How about the fact that you know, also your name is Bax? Uh huh. Maybe you relax a little bit. <laughs> Take a step the other direction. If you uh-huh. know what I mean, how about the fact that they that um, now this isn't necessarily an MCU thing, but I think you know the fact that they all work together. Like, we, did we all see Spider Man too? No, I did. Yeah, horrible, right? Um, at the time, it was better than I thought it was going to be. The more I think about it, the worse it gets. <laughs> okay, so there you go. And we look at that movie and we go, eh, horrible. Good thing the other movies are good. I can't wait to go see X-Men. But we forget those movies are all connected. Case in point, why is it okay that in the X-Men movies, Scarlet Witch and Wizard or Quicksilver, as he's uh, more popularly known, are mutants, yet in the Avengers movies... Those two kids are clearly uh, experiments and not mutants. They've been experimented on by the Nazis. They're given the exact same name. Do we know that's what it what it's going to be? Well, didn't you see the end of? I uh, did, but it could be that they're mutants, and thus the Nazis have chosen. Or well, Hydra from what I've heard, whatever studio that owns X Men, um, is that Fox? is that Fox? Yeah, is owns the word mutants. None of the other movies can use that word. And whatever studio that owns I, the Avengers, which I've heard is that too, Marvel, and that makes no they can sense. only use the the word the Avengers. Mutants is not. So it sounds like the Ninja Turtles are not going to show up <laughs> in no. the Avengers. No, I mean obviously you can say mutants, but you can't in that term that like in, in the term Homo superior the whole deal exactly Homo superior. These people are born with these powers and and they're called mutants because you could call them anything they want in the world of comic books and superheroes. You know there are people. Bo- Superman is a mutant. He was born with powers mo- far superior to the mortal man. Well, see, but see, they don't call him that, and they don't call anybody in DC a mutant. I don't know if that's what mutant means. Well, because Superman is not human, whereas to yeah. me a human or a mutant has mutated from human. But that's Superman but, was never human. Well, in terms of the X-Men, you have to be born that way to be a mutant. Spider-Man mm-hmm. is not a mutant. Reed Richards and Sue Richards are not mutants, but Franklin Richard is. See what I'm saying? Oh, really? Oh. Yes. Ugh. Franklin was born a mutant because This he, is why I stopped reading comics by the way. He gained his powers in utero. And and there's that whole they also think and this they bring this up in the net, the net, the latest X-Men movie. That, of course, in the comics, there's the entire mutant hatred. Mutants are treated, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, as second-class citizens, and that causes Magneto to say, no, I'm homo superior. I'm above you, not below you. But then it's like when Bolivar Trask comes along and says, I can hunt down mutants for you. And then... Some people say, oh, but then what about beautiful Franklin Richards? He's this, he's a little boy. Do we hate him, too? Mm-hmm. It's You completely lose that. But yeah. they're not going to do any of that in the Avengers movies yeah. because they're not the so-called mutants. Do you have a problem with that? It That was <laughs> impenetrably boring to me, so I don't know. Well, and you know what? This so actually, now you know how I felt hearing you talk about this Ant-Man bullshit. <laughs> this, and you know what? This, this speaks to something that I was... I was listening to your guys' most recent episode um, about Hannibal, the the season finale of Hannibal. Yes, and I didn't know that 
Brian Fuller and, and the makers of the TV show Hannibal, I didn't know that they didn't have the rights to Clarice. And the Dude, minute I, I and yeah. the minute I heard that, I was furious because <laughs> I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if they literally took those three books and had everything unfold in it in their own time, in in, in their own mm-hmm. way, in a different interpretation, including Clarice. You get a, a a strong Jennifer Lawrence type actress in there as Clarice. How exciting would that be? You get a you know. But that's not going to happen now. Nope. They're well, they're stuck with well, clearly, unless they pay a lot of money. They can pay it. a lot of money, yeah. or they can change enough of it to where they're not treading on any toes, like they did with Anna Klumsky. That's exactly Anna what Klumsky she was supposed is, to do. Yeah, based on yeah. is sort of a but I'm but I'm more specifically Cynthia Nixon's character mm-hmm. is they changed enough of Ray Liotta's character from Hannibal yeah. uh, or Ron Vauder, I think is who played the role in oh, Sounds of the Lambs. I didn't really? know. I looked it up. I didn't even know that character was in Silence. Of the yes. Yeah, very briefly. Um, wow. But the actor um, sadly died of AIDS a few years after. Oh, that uh, is sad. Uh, it's unfortunate. Speaking of people who died, you've been watching Silicon Valley, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're up oh. to the episodes where that guy's dead now. Christopher right? Evan Welch. Yeah, it's yeah. very sad. It is. It was. I was watching. They're, it. they're not doing like the you know I don't know Phil Hartman or Nicholas Colasanto thing. No. They're not saying he died. They keep inventing reasons for him to not be, <laughs> which there, is great. Which is very funny. And and I think they should do that. This is obviously taking a way left turn, but it was obvious in like two episodes ago where they say, "Yeah, Peter can't be here," and I went, "Oh, he's dead now. That guy's yeah. dead." Well, first he was on his, his island that he's building, right? And the last episode he was. Was on like a like a spiritual quest with Kanye West and someone else. Yeah, if they're smart, they'll keep doing that over and over, yeah. and they'll make it into a big thing because the other guy, his rival, he's still alive and on the show. Yeah, and that would be great if this guy, who's not even on the show, is now this mythical figure that nobody ever meets. But he's a because they, they've already established he's brilliant. He's not just lucky mm-hmm. and rich. He's actually he's earned all the money he's had. Yeah. But it would be great if they like. Did you guys ever watch Dream On? You might be a little too young. I know Dream that. On, yeah. With Brian Ben Ben. Right. Uh, it was actually a trivia question on our show a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. But I was, I'm of the age where I remember when Dream On premiered and I watched it every week because that was before the internet and I was guaranteed boobs. At, at least <laughs> in, in somewhere in that 30 minutes, I was guaranteed some really nice boobs. And I remember when I first moved to LA, I saw a girl at an audition whose boobs I had seen on that show. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, I live in Hollywood. <laughs> I was looking at this total stranger and saying, I know what her boobs look like. That's awesome. You should have said that to her. <laughs> so anyway, in Dream On, Wendy Malick, who played Brian Benbed's ex-wife mm. on the show, was married to this guy, Richard, who apparently was the greatest ever. And he never they never put him on the show as one of those characters where you never saw him. But he was this amazing doctor who was so good at being a doctor, he wasn't required to have malpractice insurance <laughs> because he never made a mistake. And according to the show, he's the only living person ever to be on a stamp. <laughs> That's what a great person he was. He was constantly getting awards from the president and Nobel Prizes and shit. And it was great because the joke was, you know, Brian Ben Ben was like, yes, yeah, get it. Your new husband is the greatest. Because, of course, he was just an idiot. She would say, oh, yeah, we have to go. Richard's getting another Nobel Prize. And he'd have to sit there and go, yeah, I'm playing poker with my buddies. <laughs> but it was a great joke. But it just got – it was almost like they said, okay, what is better? What can we make it better? And it, they, and it was one of the funniest gags on the show. And that's what they should do with this guy, Peter. Yeah, so I, I hope Valley. they do. Although it is, it is very sad that Christopher Evan Welch died. He was – You know, uh, and I actor. never really liked him on uh, Rubicon, but – I. 
no, he was crazy. He was like my favorite Silicon character. Valley. Silicon. Well, he was great on Silicon Valley. I'll say that. He was. Um, all right. We should wrap up soon. Let's go around. It's, what's the uh, after Only Lovers Left Alive? What's the best movie you've seen recently? <laughs> Spider-Man 2? Um, it goes Only Lovers Left Alive, then Spider-Man well, 2. Well, I just saw, I will say this. We talked about this a little bit before. I saw uh, The Neighbors. <laughs> and do you guys think that started out as the, a remake? The Neighbors, the ABC uh, <laughs> yes. sitcom? Do you guys think Neighbors started out as a remake of the Dan Aykroyd, Jim, John Belushi movie? And then once they cast it, I they saw that one. Oh, really? That's yeah. a Richard Avildsen. Is that his name? Guy directed Rocky. Right, right. Oh, he yeah. directed uh, it. John G. Avildsen. And he directed it in order. Like every scene, he, he directed the movie chronologically, which apparently John Belushi hated because they would have to set up, get a shot of him saying a line, and then tear down and then <laughs> run outside. But um, but that movie is about this a, a bad neighbor moving into a good neighbor. I think it might have started that way and then you know no. morphed into what it is now. But I saw that last weekend and I thought it was funny. But that's because my I took the kids to go see it, and that's yeah. the only reason I was there. And my my I was my expectations were so low that there's no way I could have been disappointed. And I was pleasantly surprised because the performances, regardless of the script, Rose Byrne is great in that movie. I'm a fan of Rose Byrne. And speaking of boobs, I know those aren't her boobs. And and pretty much I'm going to tell you this kids, you young kids who want to see boobs in movies. If you see boobs in movies these days, if it's a big star, those are not her boobs. I guarantee you Olivia Wilde in the, the change up, those are not her boobs. They digitally, she had pasties on her nipples, and they digitally added nipples to the pasties. That's splitting hairs at that What's point. What's the fucking point, right? <laughs> I'm still jerking off. <laughs> but I saw that, and it was good. However, what was great was fucking Godzilla. O-M-G. I could not believe how great that movie was. I O-G loved it. meaning, oh my Godzilla. Yeah. Oh my Godzilla. As far as I'm concerned, God's last name is Zilla. <laughs> there were so many great things about that movie. Not just that Godzilla is a badass already. When uh, I, don't, I, I, will pr- I promise I'm not going to spoil anything in that movie. But when he kills the second monster in that movie, <laughs> it is the best monster on monster scene I have ever seen. Plus the performances are great. Like I didn't I didn't know Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron What's her name were in that movie. They're great actors. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, right? Nope. The kid do you mean John didn't... Lennon kick ass? Do you mean Aaron Taylor Johnson? Yeah. Yes. And and, and Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. She's great too. I know who she is. They're very but, good. I just I feel like their characters not, I I think they weren't developed as fully as they could be and they could have been and i can't for spoiler reasons i can't go into why right but aaron taylor johnson especially they all die they, they all die, die <laughs> yeah right away well they I dress up like a monster and that's that second monster <laughs> well, that i will, I will spoil about. this juliette binoche who plays brian cranston's wife and aaron taylor johnson's mom she's dead in what the first 20 minutes yeah, right and that's that's clear from the trailer yeah obviously um, we know she, but it's weird to think oh they got juliette for this tiny scene but i kind of like brian cranston you know he does he's not even in the whole movie yeah not to spoil it but he's not in the whole movie <laughs> yeah he's it. not in it nearly yeah he's if not in as be, much as you thought he was going exactly to be. if you're going to see this movie for brian cranston it's a great movie but you will be disappointed yeah it's okay. a supporting role but, um, um uh i'll say i saw last night um or uh an abortion themed romantic comedy called obvious child 
Um, yes, like the Paul Simon song, because the Paul Simon song is in the movie at least twice. What is um, wrong with you? Do you really live in a world where you think someone's go- someone listened to you say that and went, oh, like the Paul Simon song? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody did that. Because it's a weird name for a movie otherwise. I don't care how many otherwise. listeners you have, not one of them said, oh, like the Paul Simon song. I think it's, I'll pull out my Graceland CD it's and a, listen to that. Thank you, David Bax. It's By a the way, weird, this is how all your listeners talk. <laughs> it's a weird name for a movie otherwise. No. It isn't Obviously as opposed to Greta, huh? <laughs> no, you're right. That's a weird name for That is admittedly a very strange name for okay. a movie. I would say it's beyond unique. Um, anyway, it's called Obvious Child. It stars Jenny Slade and Gabe Liebman and Richard Kind uh, and um, Gabby Hoffman. And uh, it's really fantastic. And it's very refreshing to me to see a movie where abortion is an actual subject that is explored it's opposed to we're laughing at it like we should to <laughs> yeah it's it's the hilarious subject that it should be where did you see that because i want to see it I, I went to a press screening it opens uh a week from tomorrow you probably play at the lemley that's yeah. where i go see my fancy movies <laughs> so uh my okay i did just see x-men days of future past mm-hmm. um and it was pretty great. Yeah. Did you see it? I no one I no one wants to go see it with me. My one kid wants to go see it because she loves Nick Holt. She's a big. He's fan. very good in it. And, yes. And she's a big fan of his, and she also loves even when he's all blue. <laughs> she well, she loves him from uh, that English show he did, In Betweeners. Is that it? I never or the saw other that. one. Oh no, I saw Skin, that. No, uh, Skins. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never saw Skins. I did see In Betweeners. Well, yeah, both those are great shows, but she loves him from Skins and also that zombie movie he did, which was not bad. Oh, Warm Bodies. Better, uh, better than you think. Yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it. But the one kid's in love with him. But I'm like, but I say to them, this movie, ha- I, and Brooke didn't want to see it either. How do you not? It's got everybody in it. There's at least one actor who you love. Yeah. And I said to her, Fassbender, that's enough, isn't it? But then there's also J-Law is in it. And everybody loves Hugh Jackman, right? Dinklage. Patrick Stewart, Peter Dinklage. How yeah. do you not want to see that movie? There's yeah. at least Ellen one Page. person who's really good. Ellen Page. Yeah. That's the, that's amazing to me that Ellen Page, after doing this, what, one line in this movie 30 years ago, <laughs> is re, is reprising that role. What if she turned out to be a shitty actress? Do you think she? Do you think they would have still cast her? Oh, my, yes. Kitty Pride. Yes. They didn't do that with Rebecca Romaine. <laughs> yeah, but that's they went, you know, they went young. With her, yeah, but why didn't they do that like they Wait, did? Wait, it's a different age. I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about. I haven't seen the okay, movie. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Why um, aren't they both in it? Both Magnetos are in it, and both uh, Professor X Wait, are in but it. Rebecca right? Romaine was in First Class in one shot, right? Uh, not that I remember, but no, maybe I don't remember her being in it. I remember. It was but like also, a little gag where she like turns into she's trying to be like sexy and she turns into it like oh, an older she turns version into of herself that version and i don't think oh. she even has a line but there, maybe it wasn't a rebecca romaine look-alike i didn't like that movie very much so well uh, apparently yeah. kelsey Grammer and james marsden and a lot of those guys are in this like in flashback or whatever yeah yes yeah and, and it's that true yeah and it's neat to see them okay. um just to it, just Look, to sort of all the people you mentioned james marsden is a guy maybe go yeah. like oh yeah it's but just, the, are those so just weird. shots from the other movie are those just lifted from the other movie? um Honestly, because, well, especially Kelsey, because I only saw The Last Stand I once. can't see how Kelsey Grammer's going to put on all that fucking makeup <laughs> and shit again for a flashback, for a brief glimpse of his character. Yeah. And so, um, but it's a movie that just, I really, okay, a, a lot of people have talked about how it kind of screws with the uh, the timeline a little bit. Uh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. uh, it's, when it's this good, and it is this good, okay. there are sequences that are just, um, 
there's a sequence that you, if you've probably read about, uh, maybe not you guys, but the, the listener, um, in which the character Quicksilver, mm-hmm. played by Evan Peters from American right. Horror Story. Again, my kid loves Evan Peters. so He is very good in the movie. Actor. And this is the, I think this is the first time I've seen him. Um, and basically the character, he runs super so fast you can't even really see him. He might as well be right. teleporting, honestly, but whatever. Um, and he... Uh, a moment comes when uh, it is imperative that he move very fast. <laughs> and so... What happens is the the movie slows down. Well, the movie basically goes into his speed. So everything else is going incredibly slow. Right. And you see him just kind of very casually interacting with right. his environment. Um, and it's little things like uh, some guys who shot bullets at some of our heroes. So he goes into it. And you see him walk up to the bullets that are moving very slowly, and he just mo- just pushes them onto a different trajectory right. and stuff like that. And it's funny, and it's dynamic, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, I saw – I didn't even see it opening day. I feel like people are, are kind of prone to applaud things opening day. I saw it Monday, so it was a few days People applauded at the end of that sequence, and I almost wanted to because it's really well done. And the movie itself is well done tonally. The acting is great. Fastbender is great. I like this is the first X-Men movie to my knowledge. Yeah, to my knowledge. There hasn't been that many. Okay, it's the first <laughs> X-Men movie, definitely, in which Wolverine actually is part of a larger ensemble instead of mm. front and center. Like Xavier is a strong character that they've never done much with mm. and they do great stuff with him and Magneto. It's there's really and great there's stuff happening. There's yeah. Two of them. And Peter Dinklage, as one would expect is great. Okay. I so wait, Paul recommends Godzilla. I recommend obvious child. Tyler recommends X-Men turn off the dark and uh, you can find us at battleshipretention.com or email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can follow me on Twitter at The Pretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at More Lessons. That's the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at morethanonelesson.com. What's going on? Well, the most recent episode is about Michael Clayton, a film that we talked about in our 2007 uh, premium episode, which is available, available for, for 129. 129. Um, and uh, I talk about it. And oh, uh, it's one twenty nine a piece. That's how much. That's, yeah, I just got that. <laughs> right. I just figured it out. Um, and uh, the companion film is Sidney Lumet's The Verdict. And uh, so I just recorded that episode today with my friend uh, Robert because Josh is out of town. And uh, I'm very happy with the episode, and I think people will enjoy it. So that's the one lesson. Yeah, that's, that's it. the one. But on that show, the yeah, there are lesson. no more after the that. The lesson is that it's Michael Clayton is similar to the verdict. The end. Every episode that he does is about Michael Clayton and the verdict. Yeah. All right. Well, that's well taught. Um, my other podcast is called Hey, Watch This with Paul and David. Um, Boo. I won't, I won't be on this week. Paul, what are we talking about in my absence? <laughs> well, I got my good old friend Tom Griffin to fill in. You, If you listen to my old show, The Paul Goble Show, you'll remember Tom as the voice of reason and the, uh, the guy who said one thing funny every five episodes um, but they were always killer i'd say this when he dropped in man it was a fucking knee slapper but he wanted to talk about teen titans go okay which i just watched last night and i wanted to talk about undateable which premieres tonight as of this recording okay um which looks good to me but we'll be talking about it'll be a lighter episode because we're talking about teen titans go and undateable so 
And real, real quick, yeah. uh, give the information about the uh, Kickstarter again. Um, well, it's called Uber Geek or Bring Back Beat the Geeks. Uh, like I said, if you just Google Bring Back Beat the Geeks or you go on Kickstarter, Google me, Paul, or Paul Goble, or Paul at thekingoftv.com, or uh, at Paul Goble Show on at Twitter. At Paul Goble Show on Twitter, or friend me on Facebook. G O E B E L. Yes, it is. But uh, I'll tell you this you Google my name, Paul Goble, and I am the first two pages. There are other Paul Goebbels, but since Beat the Geeks, I have been Google's leading Paul Goebel. I so, hate to admit that I Google myself, but there's like a dentist in Indiana who clearly has like some sort of SEO specialist working on his fucking website because he's always coming up. Anyway. I, uh, yeah, I, I, st- I stopped Googling my name because when you have the last name Smith, well, you're, you're almost never going to be the first one. No. And it's, there's some basketball player named Tyler Smith somewhere. And uh, there is a Tyler, Texas in Smith County that uh, a non a non person, a non person beats me. All right. Well, well, just tell people that you sued and got your your shit taken off Google from that new law. They passed the right to be forgotten. That's I think that's only in the EU. I don't think that's. Oh, really? I I hate it. It might not be. It it might be unconstitutional here. Yeah, because I I I have not heard of this. Oh, we'll talk about it after. Absolutely. Uh, Paul, thank you for being here. Google it. <laughs> well, why you still I couldn't can. find it anywhere. <laughs> why, uh, Paul, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 